Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Richard, and I'm the podcast announcer. Fred wanted to give me the title Head Sound Designer, but I reminded him I have a reputation to uphold. As Seven says, we won't be doing that anytime soon. I'm happy to announce the third season of the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. Fred is still the podcast host. The purpose of the podcast continues to be the exhortation, encouragement, and exploring the details of a passionate, growing, biblical, dynamic, and soul-satisfying prayer life. Prayer is the lifeline for Christians. The discipline of prayer leads us to glorify God, helps us in conforming to His eternal will, and part of our experiencing the blessings of eternal life here and now. Thank you for joining Free Range Preacher in our odyssey with God through prayer. And now, once again, here's our host, Fred. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. My name is Fred, and I am the podcast host. I am actually, as you have heard before, very blessed and humbled to be the podcast host. And it brings me joy beyond measure, especially on days like this. As Richard, our erstwhile director of sound, has mentioned, we are beginning our third year of the podcast. Thank you, Jesus. And that makes it a milestone. Now, in this year, this year of 2020, there have been lots of milestones of sorts. We know that we're in a corporate trial like we have never been, at least in my lifetime. And I'm 63, so that's terribly old. And 2020 being such a different and special year for us, for all the obvious reasons that being the end of the year and everything that's gone on, for me, New Year's Eve, I was alone, which is perfectly fine. That made it an atmosphere that was full of reasons for introspection. And I'm a little introspective from time to time anyway. Now, it is my intention to keep this devotional short. And by its very nature, it is personal. And for those two reasons, today, we're not going to go deep into theology. I do, like I said, want this to be a devotional. But at the start of the message, I ran across a quote that I had never actually paid attention to. It's from Jonathan Edwards. And in it, he opens his treatise on religious affections, it's called. And I hate to call many of the writings we have now books because he clearly didn't write them with the intention of making them a book. It was either, like he said, a treatise, a paper on a subject, and most often a sermon. And you can buy them as books now. However, at the beginning of Religious Affections, he says this, The consideration of these things has long engaged me to attend to this matter with the utmost diligence and care and exactness of search and inquiry that I have been capable of. It is a subject on which my mind has been peculiarly intent every since I first entered the study of divinity. But as to the success of my inquiries, it must be left to the judgment of the reader of the following treatise. And then he launches into the content of religious affections. 
Now, I love that quote, first of all, because I'm not able to actually speak this way or write in that fashion or even think that way, something I shared with my kids. But as it pertains to the issue of prayer, as I started the podcast, it had, it's true, it had long engaged me to attend to the matter of prayer, to the best that I'm able to do that. And then in the paragraph, he says, since I first entered on the study of divinity, for which for me, of course, we would change divinity to prayer. And then, but as to the success of my inquiries, it must be left to the judgment of the reader. And in this case, it would be the listener of the podcast, right? You guys decide whether I have succeeded in my thoughts on prayer and the ability to teach prayer. So I love that paragraph. If I had taken notice of it years ago, I would have used it when I started the podcast three years ago. And it is my intent to start the description of every podcast episode with that paragraph because I love it so much. Be all that as it may, the thought of this devotion, like I said, was born from an evening of reverie. That evening happened to be New Year's Eve. And I came to a conclusion that I probably should have come to many years ago. And you probably know, but actually I didn't really come to it until a few days ago. And also, for this moment of testimony, I would like to dedicate this episode to my grandbabies, my grandchildren. Now, I'm in the habit of recording little lessons for them that I think might be useful when they get older for their parents to share with them or for them to listen to on their own. Just things that Pops is what they call me, things that Pops has learned. And so I'm in the habit of that. And when I thought of this for a devotional, it actually contains a critical lesson for them, for us, that applies to every part of the Christian life. And we will pinpoint it. We will apply it to prayer as well. But this devotional is dedicated, devotional 58, is dedicated to Seven, my son of a tender-hearted faith, Lincoln, my daughter of explosive joy, baby French, my son of God-harnessed purpose, Baby Freddie, my daughter of a calm, peaceful joy. You should see her face. It's also dedicated to Wesley, my son of divine providence. Baby Brooks, my son of sanctifying discipline. And baby Mays, who's yet to be born, but he's the newest baby on the way. So my babies, my children, the focus on this devotional will be a crucial principle for all your Christian lives, your whole life long. And so I've added this to my prayers to you. And I can say the same for the podcast audience as well. And I can also say, please, well, especially to my grandkids, but please listen carefully. And I am praying for you in this. Now, there are many mysteries in the Christian life, and we don't always put things together in a very comfortable way, in a, in a way that fits for us. For instance, if you want to become first in the Christian life, you're going to become last and to be the servant of all. If you want to lead, you're going to have to be a servant. If you want to save your life, we lose it in the will and the providence of God, don't we? And there's many more, some of these more profound than others. But we know that those are mysteries that we have a hard time fitting together because, again, we are the creatures and he is the creator. One of those mysteries is we live in a cause and effect world. Everything we see, everything we do, seems to have a specific cause and a specific effect. 
when we drop something heavy on our foot, it hurts. And it hurts every time. So we live in that cause and effect world. And then we come to the word of God and we are expressly told in that, that he is in control and that he supersedes everything in his creation to do his will. And that for us is attention. That's the first word that I've learned, attention. T-E-N-S-I-O-N. Two, th- two things that don't seem to fit together to us. And the results of our actions and our obedience and non-obedience to God's word and his sovereign will are in that tension. They would fight against each other. And as much as we think about them and as much as we let them, it, they do fight against each other. And if I were to boil it down in practice, in our thoughts, we wonder how our obedience works in concert with the sovereignty of God. And this is a very old question. And in some way or another, every thinking Christian who knows the word of God confronts that question and at least for a time ponders that question. Now, if you don't believe me, check out any and every question and answer session on any specific ministries conference that you can find on their websites, or you can find them on YouTube. Just type in conference questions and answers, and you'll be, you'll have a ton of things to listen to. But in every one of those question and answer sessions, you will hear a question that addresses our actions in relationship to God's sovereignty. It's ubiquitous. Check it out if you don't believe me. Or as Casey Stengel used to say, you could look it up. But the practical results can be very impacting depending on the balance that we have in it. Unbalanced thoughts on this tension can lead Christians to two different but equally negative results, and they hurt our emotional and our spiritual health. For instance, if you think you are responsible for every cause and effect in your life, it will either make us, if we do that generally for us, it will either make us excessively sorrowful to the point of inactivity or excessively prideful to the point that our ministries become useless because nobody has time for a prideful ministry of any type. So in all this, when we take God out of our Christian lives, his superseding work, we understand that we make a hash of things. I love Alistair Begg, and he talks about making a hash of things, which obviously is making a mess of them. And my kids and I, we have a running gag over a bagpipe incident years ago. And if you listen to Alistair Begg and his comments on bagpipes, you know that he would agree with us. So it doesn't take away any of our humor. And in my life, when I'm in control and when I make decisions, and if I was left to my own devices, I would make a bagpipe hash out of everything. So when things go bad, we are in despair if we think that we are totally the cause of it, which ultimately we will be. But if we leave out of our Christian lives God's sovereignty, then our despair is justified. On the other hand, when things are going well, when things are going swimmingly, we used to say, we look at our lives and we say, wow, I've been terrific in obeying God. And because of my terrific obedience, I have all these good things. Another running joke between me and my kids is there is a particular 
NFL football player who is a Christian, I believe. But I tease my kids all the time. If their team wins, then he was a good Christian. If their team loses, then he's a bad Christian. But that's the reality of that tension. If it's all us, we're either filled to the brim with pride or we are brought low to despair. And remember the testimony of Paul that he says, No, I have this thorn in the flesh because of my sin, but it's because God is doing a good work through it. That's the balance. But we very often ponder, what if I would have done this or what if I do this? And when we think about that actually unanswerable question, that's a tension that we will carry into the heavenly places and we may not be able to figure it out then. I think it's Peter that says that the angels who are in heaven now, they look down, they do not understand our salvation. It's hard for them to comprehend is the way I take that verse. Now, for the podcast, you know that I don't know or claim to know all the profound mysteries that surround prayer. We do our best to explore them together, but I don't know them, and I tell you when I don't know them. At least I think I do. At least it's my intent to. And regarding the things that you know that I think I know, you know how I struggle to express them as clearly or as powerfully as my heart understands them. So I don't know the profound mysteries. And what I do know, even about prayer, I have a hard time expressing the way I want to fully. And that's one of the reasons we pray for the Holy Spirit to take over and use his word, right? In in the ways that he needs to use them. However, the other night, in thinking about this tension between our obedience and God's will, his sovereignty, after a while, I had to stop thinking about it because my head hurt and it will make your head hurt. But just about the time I stopped, one of the things that came to mind, and this is the lesson, grandbabies, this is the lesson, prayer warriors, it occurred to me, and it's a lesson I should have learned years ago, that no matter what my thoughts at the moment on the sovereignty of God is and the results of our obedience, and right now in this moment, it doesn't even matter what your thoughts are on those two things. The reality is, I have never in my life, it hasn't happened as much as it should have, but I have never in my life regretted obeying God. When God's word is clear and I conform my actions and decisions and thoughts to it, I have never regretted it, even if the short-term results were not exactly what I wanted them to be. So for my babies, and everybody can listen in, you don't have to be one of my grandbabies to listen into this, but seven, Lincoln, baby French, baby Freddie, when you can, when you grow up, Wesley, baby Brooks, and baby Mays, when you all grow up, for your whole life, you will never, ever regret being committed to what God has asked you to do in his word. You never will. As you understand God's word to the best of your ability, and as you are able to carry out what you know he has said in your word, in his word, you will never regret conforming yourself to the will of God. And I'm praying, my babies, that you do. For all of us who are working on our prayer lives, you will never, ever regret working on your prayer life. 
it's hard to express, and I'm going to have some different emphasis emphasis in this third year. You'll hear that in the next episode or two. But what I can tell you, what I have a hard time expressing is the joy and the peace, the knowledge of God, the understanding from your new inner man about who God is and the love of God. Those will become worth more than any energy you expend in learning and practicing prayer. That's a promise. And you know I don't make them a lot. And another reality is, as children of God, we will pray. There will be times when our hearts will automatically cry out to God. So the truth is, we will either pray effectively with quality, you might say, or without quality. But we will pray. Your heart will be drawn to prayer. And again, the peace, the joy, the knowledge of God, the supernatural effect that a consistent, growing, biblical, dynamic prayer life will have on your life right here and now cannot be overstated, which is why I do this. I am not in the habit of saying things that I know are not true, especially in the Christian life and especially about prayer. It is worth every effort we can make to obey God in prayer, no matter how you feel at the moment. And that includes my grandbabies as well. Obedience, we will never regret doing what God's Word says. That's our devotion. That's what we need to be meditating on for the next few days. I really do appreciate your indulgence on today's episode. I want to finish with a quick quote from E.M. Bounds. And he wrote, Prayer is a trade to be learned. We must be apprentices and serve our time at it. Painstaking care, much thought, practice, labor are required to be a skillful tradesman in praying. Practice in this, as well as in all other trades, makes perfect. Thank you once again for listening. I'm praying for us. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. The ministry prays the Lord will use this episode as He chooses to enhance our prayer lives to the glory of God. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments or even personal testimonies on prayer, you can contact us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com, Facebook, Free Range Preacher Ministries, Instagram, Free Range Ministries, Twitter, at Preacher Range. If you have any voiceover needs, you can contact Richard Durrington at richarddurrington.com or email at durringtonr at gmail.com. Fred and I wish to once again just say thank you for listening.